now, Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Sorry for the delay on the open, but I was trying to go uh, put a bid on the Michael Jordan house. It's a little complicated. I was trying to uh, figure out how to get to it. I'm not sure if I got it in or not, but uh, I think I might have put a bid in for the $29 million estate of Michael Jordan. Sorry for the uh, delay in the program. Welcome, everybody. Two guys at a mic. Big dog and a coach with you right up until 11 o'clock. A lot of stuff off the sports page today. we got news and notes, titillating tidbits and a big. Chicago Bull victory last night over the San Antonio Spurs. It's also March 1st, so let the madness begin. The college basketball tournaments will talk a lot of hoop today as well. David Olson, producer extraordinaire, on the other side of the glass. A little bit of music, and then we will kick the sucker off. And I remind anybody, if the bid comes up, I might have to interrupt the show and uh, you know maybe rebid. So I apologize in advance. Thank you very much, Mr. Olson, and the fine musical interlopers on the other side of the glass. So let's welcome in my partner, the big dog, Joel Redwanski. Big dog, our Facebook page today advertises that we will somehow connect the dots between the death of monkey David Jones and the Chicago Bull victory and Derrick Rose's performance last night over the San Antonio Spurs. I'm not sure how we're going to do that, but I'm going to leave it in your entrust, my friend. How are you? Uh, well... I, by the way, I too have put in a bid for Michael Jordan's $29 million home. Now, you did. I did not put in a bid for $29 million. I said, what the heck? I'll take a shot. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I asked him how much is the down payment because I might not be able to afford it either, but I'm like you. You know, it doesn't hurt to take a shot. Well, my credit's no good, so I know I have to pay for it all in lump sum, but my yeah. bid is uh, considerably l- less. Then the $29 million is the best way I can put it. <laughs> All right. Well, if your name pops up and you need a little assistance, I will be happy to uh, give you a little financial boost if needed. Although I will tell you up front, I am competing with you. So, okay. <laughs> yeah. Did you see the pictures of that puppy? Oh, my goodness. That's beautiful, isn't it? Uh, no. <laughs> no. Isn't that beautiful? Again, like, I'm no, going to have the... No, I, you... It's it's almost, big dog, it's the same reaction I had when you said, isn't it wonderful that Derrick Rose signed that Adidas contract, 14 years, 200. It's beautiful for a 25-year-old man that wants a bunch of toys and run around. But I'm I'm with you. I mean, I can't. Seriously, that is, that's one ugly-ass house. (laughs) I I have no idea what he was thinking. But it it just looks like there's nothing to it. It's a bunch of bricks, and it's massive. And there's, like, no design to it. But he's got, there's a lot of stuff to play. He's got a putting green. He's got an outdoor basketball court, indoor basketball court. Has like that nice little pool. That pool was, oh, that pool was nice. Okay, but you can barely see it the way it was tucked away. So, but obviously, that's probably the way you want it. You want a pool tucked away. That pool, it was just a playground for a 25 year old, is what that house was, coach. 
Yeah, and that's that's why what I what I said you know I didn't particularly like it. I wasn't you know as architecturally irrelevant as you. I wasn't looking at the the decor and the coloring. It just upsets me that anybody needs to have a house that big, and it's really not a house. Basically, you I mean you could pass it off for a hotel. I, no, you really like oh, hotels have to be a little bit more elaborate, have a little bit more dressing huh. up. That's it was just big. That's the only thing about that house. What more nothing. elaborate do you? How many hotels have a movie theater, a basketball court, a tennis court, a weight room, and a huge swimming pool? What do you mean have they have to build? That's it's got well, everything. Why are you upset that somebody has too much? The guy yes. was the greatest basketball player. In I the don't world. care. Okay. I don't quit, care. Quit Bother. hating, coach. Quit hating. Quit bother, being bothered and hating that somebody was a success. I, I'm not hating. But, yes, it does bother me a little bit. And, and when I drive by any particular neighborhood that's got, like, mansions, I don't understand. Nobody needs houses that big. And you when I hear what? the explanation, oh, you know, it's for their, you know, their oh, ego. Well, so they... You get that way as being the greatest basketball player in the world. I don't mind it. Would I... you get that way because you're, like, the sleazeball that was uh, ripping off the uh, the convent? I forget. What's the guy's Siegel? The guy that had that massive place up in the northern uh, North Shore gets upset about guys like that. Don't get upset about the greatest basketball player in the world. Who, you know what? Maybe he hasn't done as much back for uh, society as a lot of other That's... athletes, especially with their their size. But don't don't get upset about those guys. Get upset about that Siegel dude. Well, okay? get upset about those guys, coach. Yeah, Michael oh, really? Siegel, I think, is the guy you're talking about. You're absolutely okay. right. If, they, if they've earned the money that way, then you get upset. There's no so, question about yeah, it. There's so, there's so many bad people in the world. If you think about Oprah, that woman has a lot more than Michael Jordan. Okay, you're going to get upset about her house? No, well, you don't, don't do you, because you know that girl, that girl, whatever, I'm sorry, that lady, let's, let's, let's do it right. She, she's given back a lot. And even though she acts pompous and a bunch of other stuff, that woman really does live the way she like preaches and you know and tries to put out there. So, and she's giving back a lot. You're gonna get upset that she, you know, with that woman lives, coach. She has like she pays people to, to massage her feet. Okay, so don't get upset about Michael Jordan having a huge house because your no. woman is uh, couldn't be more uppity and uh, decadent. Then, and there's nobody more decadent on the planet than your woman, Oprah Winfrey. So I, I don't know. I, that, that's certainly, oh, I would totally, me? totally disagree with that last statement. Oh, man. What do you mean, totally? I mean, she's a quality person, but, but even is, quality people. She is a quality person. She also pays big time money to be pampered. There's nothing wrong with that. Well, yeah, there is. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not ripping her for it, but I'm just saying, you of all people, you have to accept the fact that your girl, Oprah Winfrey, Pays significant millions every year to be pampered beyond belief, Coach. Mm-hmm. Does she have a okay. house anywhere near the size of a uh, Michael Jordan? Probably a few of them, yes. Okay. Well, yeah, all right. And again, I will break from the term. You're she right. Has, I'm not. I'm has, not ups- well, I do know this. She has what three floors of a Hancock building? Three floors. How many people need three floors of a Hancock building? Oh, no, no, she's not in the but Hancock building. She's in one of the. She's in that area. She's got a couple floors. But she's got an estate out in California, which is like sprawling. I mean, it, it, it's like yeah, it's it, it, it's hard to describe. I've I've it, it, she's shown it on the show, but I mean, it's like, like acres upon acres. 
She's got a place in London, Coach. I know she's got a place in London, and she probably has a place mm-hmm. elsewhere, too. All right. Well, you know, and again, I won't use the word upset. I don't lose any sleep over it, but, uh, you know, don't tell me how to feel. Don't tell me how I should feel because it does. Well, you no, know, you're right. You're it right. It bothers right. me. Right. It bothers is a better word, not upset, but it bothers me when people build these huge mansions, which they don't need, can't possibly use all the rooms, although all I heard 14 out of the 15 bathrooms are very lovely. One of the bathrooms not well done. But, uh, no, no, yeah, it's just, you know, when people build these mansions, it's it's like, you know, what, for ego, for show, you really don't need, and I'm not talking about their charitable contributions. Michael Jordan might, I'm sure, does, you know, plenty of, of fine charitable work, too. It just it bothers me a little bit when I see a house, not really a house, I'll call it a compound, that huge. It's just unnecessary. That's the best way when, to put uh, it. When, when Oprah Winfrey is on her insoluble fiber diet, <laughs> that's the one bathroom you do not want to go into. That's, that's nothing to do why. with the design. Okay. Nothing to do with the design. <laughs> By the way, I, just to let you know, I have, uh, I have dreams. I'm not going to have more than one compound, by the way. But Lily the Lilac is an architect. And, Coach, don't think that I cannot, like, scheme and work a little bit. She she already has a plan. I already told her what she's going to do for me. She loves that idea. She's going to build me a compound coach. Really? So, yeah, and uh, her parents will be involved. They can grow. Uh, her dad can grow all the beans for protein that I need. That's... The mom can cook all kinds of stuff. And if you're an animal in the neighborhood, look out. Okay, because <laughs> trust me, anything can be made delicious, Coach. I'm not kidding you. So uh, you know, I'm actually going to do that. So. That's, that's what I, I call marrying. It's not going to be as big and as extravagant as everybody else, but it will have uh, the ability to be totally self-sufficient so nobody else in the universe has to Very matter. nice, Big Dad. That, that's marrying well because previous to meeting uh, Lily the Lilac, the only compound you had, I believe, was a compound fracture back in your high school this is days. True. David Olson, our real estate. I didn't know you were a real estate guy, but apparently you well, are. Well, I'm not. He's an architect. What, uh, what kind of architect is she? What does she uh, specialize in? Well, right now, I, I really want to say what she's building right now. I really, it's so significant. It's huge. Uh-oh. The deal has not been signed, but it's massive. It's massive, and wow. it's so cool. Nothing to uh, do uh, with uh, Iran or North Korea, I hope. Well, does she do? Is it residential? Does she do commercial? Does she do urban? Uh, what does she do? Well, uh, you can just you, you can just keep it works, in general terms. Yeah, well, she works for uh, I don't know if I want to. Well, she works for Weiss Architecture, which does some significant stuff. So they've done that. They've done. Uh, like condos, high-rise condos downtown. They've done. Uh, they did. They just. I forget the name of the one Mexican, like high-end Mexican bar. They just opened right next mm-hmm. to the American Medical Association, the AMA building on State Street. You notice, and, David? There was a there was a hint of secrecy there. I'm wondering, possibly. Well, I just I just but you this I don't want to. Well, I get. I, she doesn't want people knowing stuff. Okay. Well, that you know don't. Don't divulge, but I'm allowed to speculate. I'm wondering maybe with the potential end of the world coming in December of 2012, if they're, you know, doing a little architectural design, how should I gently put this uh, below ground? Well, you know what, here's here's exactly what I'm, what I'm, what's going to happen, coach, is I am worried about um, end of the world stuff and not really end of the world, like the true end of the world, but like other people freaking out about it. But what happened is everybody's going to think it's going to happen in, like, December 2000, blah, blah, blah. And when they realize it didn't happen, they're going to want to get rid of all that stuff. In about a year, I'll be able to buy all that stuff up ah. real, real, real cheap. 
You got a plan. It's a couple years from now that people uh-huh. have to worry about like the real See? bad stuff. That's Big dog happen. planning in advance. Nicely done. I like that. And you you got to have a plan. Very nice. Very nice. All right. Well, we disagree on the big compound, but what we both apparently agree, and we both put down bids on it, you, me, and about 100,000 others just for the heck of it, $29 million. I think, I think, Big Dog, with the proper persuasion, we can get them down to 28.75. Well, my my uh, my bid is, is lower than that. And the, the word I used earlier, I'll use again considerably. Lower than <laughs> 28.7. Okay. <laughs> Okay. But yes, see, I mean, seriously, who's gonna who's gonna buy someplace like that? You know, it's high, like, the it, Hyatt it, it's hotels. Like, it, it's it's it, the way it's built and what it includes. It's mm-hmm. you're you're aiming at a very specific person. I mean, does Derek Rose need a house? Because that's what you're looking at. It's like it's somebody like a, like a Derek Rose or a Matt Forte what or has, somebody like that. I mean, what has Sheraton done for you lately? Well, no, honestly, it's, it's, there's nothing like special about the house in terms of its design besides the fact that it really is like a good place. place. So maybe like a rapper? Because who's, who's going to buy that besides the fact that Michael Jordan lived in that and the fact that it's really accessible to work out in, okay, and a, a place to put your trophies? Where, I mean, who else wants that? Only the fact that Michael Jordan lived there is there any other reason to buy that that monstrosity? Mm-hmm. Maybe it could be like an addition to this. Not that far from the Birdo Center, it could be like another practice facility for the Chicago Bull. You know what? That's not a bad idea. Yeah. Or you know, think about if that if if it's really I don't know how close is it. It's in Highland Park. How close that is at, to at the most? Field. At most, ten to fifteen minutes. At most, probably closer. You know, too bad the Bulls didn't like. Uh, Give Michael Jordan. I'm glad they didn't give Michael Jordan any type of executive duties. Could you imagine him trying to? He would actually try to get Jay Williams back on the court after the accident. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He would have paid him for 15 more years. Uh-huh. You know, signed him to a long-term deal. You know. Uh, um, I guarantee, if MJ were in charge of the Bulls, Dale Barbagarich would have got a lot more playing time. He'd still be a member of the beloved Bull. Uh, oh my goodness! Yeah, Adam Morrison would be playing off guard yeah. right now. And I always thought Rusty Larue never got the true opportunity he so richly deserved. I, I got to tell you something: was, <laughs> Rusty Larue was the best quarterback in Chicago when he was here playing for the Chicago Bulls. <laughs> he was the best quarterback with Henry Burris. Are you trying to tell me Rusty Larue was not better than Henry Burris? Honestly, <laughs> Rusty Larue was really good at Wake Forest, Coach. Which which quarterback was better, Rusty Litch or Rusty Larue? Rusty LaRue, if he had decided to play quarterback in the NFL <laughs> instead of play guard in the NBA, yep. would have been better than Rusty Lish. And he would have been better than Henry Burris, coach. He was the best quarterback in Chicago at that time. Wow. Now you're you're moving up into Craig Krenzel range right now. Krenzel or LaRue. Imagine, imagine Rusty LaRue, a bowl-winning quarterback at Wake Forest, back when Wake Forest <laughs> yeah. was a joke, turn the program around. Mer- Wake Forest or Craig Frenzel? I thought he was Maryland. No, no, he was Wake Forest. Rusty coach. LaRue, okay. He was Wake Forest, and he was also like a superstar baseball player. The mm-hmm. kid was like, people like forget that the kid was like Drew Henson without the fact that, you know, he went to Wake Forest instead of Michigan because the kid was like, I guess, like an academic whiz. Rusty LaRue was like the guy that everybody hated in high school. <laughs> but he ended up flaming out because he couldn't. He picked basketball. Why? That's the hardest one, isn't it? Yeah, when you're a 6'3 white dude, uh, he was pretty good, but 
if you're talking about advancing for a successful uh, professional career, probably basketball not his best choice. But that's what he loved the most. Yeah, that's that's what he said. I always thought if he would have played quarterback, he would have made it in the mm-hmm. NFL. All right, let us move on from Rusty LaRue, big dog and the coach. We should uh, put our phone number out there in case anybody else would like to join us on potentially bidding or you got thoughts on the Michael Jordan compound. What has Sheraton done for you lately? 888 463 I'm trying to do a little bit uh, slower since the dog told me I was – basically undecipherable the way I rattle off the phone number here. But, uh, dog, some other titillating tidbits, news and notes real quick, as long as we're on them before we get to the uh, March Madness and the Chicago Bulls. Uh, on the Bears front, on the NFL front, we got very excited two days ago. I didn't bring this up yesterday. When the Bears, uh, you know, called a press conference, we thought, you know, maybe, you know, the big wide receiver, maybe we'll bring in an offensive tackle. Who knows? Maybe we got a new backup quarterback for Jay Cutler, all kinds of excitement. And then we find out the press conferences to announce they're raising ticket prices for 2012. Wow. Yeah, I don't. I, I think they should be a little bit more careful. They have they have better ways to go about it. It did seem kind of strange that there was going to be an announcement, and then you find out yep. they're raising ticket prices. That's yeah. not the way to do it. Do you? Don't you just announce you raise ticket prices? Not say we're going to have an announcement. Keep it low key as possible. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, especially in today's social media, there's no reason, other reason, just to be like, hey, hello, season mm-hmm. ticket holder. We really appreciate your business. Hopefully you'll bear with us as uh, the demands of the 2012 season means that we have to increase ticket prices by yeah. a certain amount. Of percent. And, you know, Thank I'm you not one of those season ticket sure. holders, but I can tell you they're already paying a ridiculous amount of money, Big Dog. How much do they, like, a uh, typical, just say, uh, just say if you were going to have a low end zone seat, what would a, a the ten games because you automatically have to buy the two preseason games. Yep. So it's a, it's an average. It's pretty easy to figure out what the what the whole season is. What do they pay per game? I think they're throwing at you around a couple hundred a seat per game. So you know a you couple do... hundred a seat for low end zone seat. End zone. Well, it's still low though. Yeah. Okay. So. You're talking 200 a game. I don't know, 150. So, you know, times it by per the number game. of home games, you do the math. That's a lot of money. 1,500. 1,500. You got two seats. So you got $3,000 to go to 10 games. Yeah, and you don't forget you have to buy your personal seat license in the beginning, right? Just well, to... you, you, do you, does everybody have to buy that, or was oh. that the only initial seat? So just say, like, if somebody gives up their season tickets, yes. does the next person who gets those season tickets have to mm. buy the... Uh, the five thousand is the cheapest. Then there was it goes all the way up mm-hmm. to fifty thousand if you wanted to sit like an interesting question. Or yeah, if somebody you can't buy season tickets now because there's a waiting list. You know, from now until uh, what about two thousand thirty seven? So they're not purchasable. But the question is, if you finally your name comes up on the waiting list and it's transferred to you, even though the person selling to you has already paid the PSL, the personal seat license. Do you have to, too? I'm going to take a wild guess and say yes. No, I, I don't know because I honestly remember when uh, when the, the St. Louis Rams came up with this scheme. Could you believe that? The Rams. The St. Louis Rams, of all people, were trying to charge people the self-season tickets to when they did the Edward Jones Dome. The Raiders kind of were started it, too, Coach, but they, they, it wasn't like how it's done today with the Rams. Uh, I thought there was some type of law put out saying, like, once that seat is 
licensed and the tickets are sold for it, that technically, because that seat is licensed, you can no longer ever license that seat again, even if you were selling okay. it to a different person. All right, David. You see what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. it was like, they're, oh, they kind of messed up on their own technicality of uh, of how they were doing it, that you can only do that to a seat one time. Okay. David O? From what I understand with the personal seat license, what it is is it gives you the right to buy the season ticket. So you buy the yeah. per- personal seat license, you can buy the season tickets. Right. If you no longer want to buy season tickets, you can sell that license to somebody else, and they can buy season tickets. However, if you choose not to sell that personal seat license, it reverts back to the team, and you get no money for it. And then, that's how it works. But then the oh, question wow. comes, the, the new person that buys it does have to pay the new PSL then. Well, they're basically buying the PSL off of you. Oh, okay, that's cool, though, but at least the season ticket holder has control of something. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. They, they, they own, so once they yeah, buy the license, awesome. they own the license. However, yeah. if they, if they, and most people don't know that, that if they choose not to re- renew their season tickets and they don't sell that personal seat license, it reverts back to the team. Oh, the fans got to know that. All season ticket holders better learn that. And then I hope every season ticket tells every other season ticket holder, too. Because that's that's really important to know, honestly. Because you know how many other times the reason why people give up season tickets. I know I know people that don't even go to games, but they're like my grandfather had these tickets, blah blah blah. And if I know one thing, if that if it came to the point where that person couldn't afford it, they would just get rid of them, even though they sell them, so they know they can probably get money out of them. But that's why people get rid of them because so they don't have. If they knew, hey. I can sell this for five thousand dollars. Well, at least they can get the five grand if they're going to give the tickets up for the reason that they're not going to have them anymore. Right, but the thing that you run into is because my cousin has season tickets over at Soldier Field, and it was passed down from her father. But that where they get you is when they do the stadium remodels or the stadium rebuild, you know? Yeah. They, because it's yeah. like, okay, well, you want them in the new stadium, you got to buy that seat license. It doesn't happen with, like, some of these older stadiums that they've been playing in for years and years and years and years. However, well, you know, yeah, there, I, there are very few of those left in the NFL. Yeah, you know that's exactly – I knew that's how they get you. With the whole new stadium, then you got to buy the whole new seat license. But if you're – they're not – the Bears aren't going to move out of Soldier Field for a while. So if you were going to lose your tickets – if I if I was gonna have to lose my tickets because all of a sudden I just could not come up with the the with just the three thousand dollars for my season tickets, well I wouldn't mind selling my my ticket license for you know two grand or four grand or whatever so I could just walk away with a fistful of money. But better than just giving up your tickets. So all right. that's good to know. I didn't know that. I mean now now that makes sense. That whole thing makes sense now, Coach. From you can only sell it one time, so it truly is. When you sell it, that person owns it. So that's, that's good to know. As I said before, informational, if not educational, and God forbid entertaining. The TalkZone.com, Two Guys in a Mic Show. Big Dog, we're here to, uh, we're here to assist the fine listeners out there in any way we can. 888-463-6748. News and notes, titillating tidbits down the road. We go heading to some March Madness college basketball talk and a big Chicago Bull victory over San Antonio. But real quick, uh, we should mention March 1st today, Big Dog, is the, I don't know what annual, the 7th, 8th, 9th, 10th, but it's the Harry Carey Toast, which they continue to promote and I guess is being done in every city across America. How about it? Uh, and uh, I totally forgot about it this year, Coach. And, uh, and it's not too late. I've forgotten about it. It is not it's too not late, late, my friend. You can uh, head down to a local establishment and... Toast Harry Carey, if you want to make it plural, you can do that too.
I would have to say some commitments that I've made to myself recently means that I will not, I will, uh, I will drink to the Harry Terry toast with some green tea. And Harry knows that, you know, uh, we had, I forgot who we had on the show, and it was a Grant supporter that was on the show, and uh, he, one of our shows, it might have been the old one we said, and he told us that Harry Terry drinks 300,000 alcoholic drinks in his lifetime. And I would have to say, either I drink more than Harry Terry or they underestimated uh, the uh, the amount that Harry Terry drank. I'd like to know we how they came the up, you know, came up with the math on that particular count because obviously he didn't keep track. But three hundred thousand, huh? Okay, so just think about this: if he drank ten drinks a day, okay. which so, ten you know, drinks a day, that would only be uh, thirty six hundred fifty for a year. So for ten years, that'd only be thirty six thousand drinks. Well, but he's been drinking for more than ten years, so. Okay. Well, yeah, he was. They said he started drinking when he was like fifteen, and that's like seventy years of drinking. How old was he when he passed away? Sixty. They or think s- like they think like eighty-five, but 85? they knew he had drank. Well, they're not wow. sure because he was orphaned. They're not exactly sure what his birthday was. Okay. So um, he, he was about. They they knew he drank for like seventy years. Mm-hmm. So what they saying, like they he had uh, three hundred thousand drinks. Right? So uh, that's uh, roughly, you know, uh, if you go by uh, by uh, seven seventy years mm-hmm. over three hundred thousand drinks, that's a little bit over uh, like about forty three hundred drinks a year in three hundred sixty five days. So he was averaging, I don't know, about twelve thirteen drinks a day yeah. for seventy years. By the way, if you do, uh, from what I've heard, I haven't been there yet. I need to get to Cooperstown, but apparently in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Right between the, right between the George Brett bat, and I think the last pair of shoes that Roberto Clemente wore, I think they have Harry Carey's liver. Can you imagine that's seventy years, three hundred thousand drinks? I know I'll never forget the number. He said three hundred thousand drinks. Wow. Woo. And I don't think when he was fifteen he was drinking. Uh, you know, I really don't think uh, Harry Carey was drinking like you know like ten a day. Mm-hmm. You know, probably when he was 15, he was probably drinking like like six a day. You know, so that means at some point, That's, uh, when he was only, you know, he was drinking 20 drinks a day for who knows how many. Because they said near the end, near the end of his, uh, he didn't drink hardly at all during the last 10 years. So it was really only 60 years of drinking. So that's even up it even more. So he was drinking like 18 drinks a day. That's a whole lot of mint juleps, big dog. That's all I can say. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Uh, all right, so you will not be toasting Harry Carey, but we should mention it's going on. And, again, it's not just a Chicago event, but they're trying to uh, make it a, a nationwide and really worldwide. So anybody out there in our uh, via the Internet as we are emanating out to seven different continents out there, if you're in a different continent than the fine continent of North America and you want to call in maybe out in uh, the Middle East somewhere or possibly in uh, Russia, who knows, maybe South America, you're about to celebrate a Harry Carey toast, give us a call. If you don't speak great English, that's fine because studies show, research show, Big Dog. uh, Again, we've said this before that for people that English is a second language, our show apparently comes across much better. So not a problem if you're from a different continent. (laughs) Um, Two obituaries to mention in our news and notes titillating tidbits, Big Dog. And one, uh, Davy Jones, the lead singer for the rock group The Monkees, heart attack, very sad at the age of 66, and Andrew Breitbart. 
the conservative, I don't know how you would call him, pain in the ass probably is the best way to put it. I hate to say that about someone who has tragically passed away, but Andrew Breitbart, at the age of 43, dying from the, the one death I don't want to die from, and they're calling it natural causes. Are you familiar with Andrew Breitbart? No, I've heard that name. What does he do? Well, like I said, major conservative pain in the ass. He's the one way, way back when. You remember when he called out incorrectly the lady, what was her name, Sherry Scheibart or Sherrod? Sherry Sherrard, who uh, was somewhat of a Barack Obama commandant. She worked for the USDA, was it, David? Do you remember that story, Big Dog, and, and no, talking about the racism, and it turned out that it was totally out of con- Anyhow, he is a you, you can hear him at Fox. He's a major aggravator of the uh, the Bill Maher Repub- uh, con- uh, liberal set. But he paid he you know forty three years old. Yeah, I paid I paid no attention to either of those. Think think either Rush Limbaugh either, basically. Either either I don't need both of those. Well, I was besides our windbags as far as I'm concerned. Okay. When you say both of those, are you talking Davy Jones also? No, no. Davy Jones is, uh, yeah, that's, it's too bad. You know that song, I'm a Believer, is one of the greatest songs ever. Great song. Ever. Ever. You, you can't, song. I mean, there's so many great uh, songs, but, you know, there's a couple songs like, you know, no matter what happens, when Whitney Houston died the other day, she's got a bunch of great songs yeah. that uh, people love, you know. Uh, but uh, I guess, you know, I will always love you. That one, everybody, even though that wasn't her song, everybody is just like downloading that. So you kind of get remembered for like one great song sometimes when it comes out. And that I'm a believer song is truly one of the great. If they're just the words are just beautiful, beautiful, coach. I listened to the words yesterday, and I was like, you know, that that's just well, they got they, they got daydream to believer too. It's daydream believer. I'm a believer. and I'm a believer both. Well, well, yeah, I'm a believer, but David didn't sing on that one. Wow, well, who sang? It was Mickey. Okay. But that was still a monkey. Really? I had no idea. I was, that song is phenomenal. Yeah, it was still a monkey song. My personal monkey's favorite, which does not get its due respect, is Look Out, Here Comes Tomorrow. I like that Where song. Where they have to choose yeah. between the two girls. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Great tune. That was Great Davey. Tune. Okay. That was Davey. Davey yeah, sang that I one. I was a, you know, not, not embarrassed to say I was a big monkeys fan back in the day, Big Dunk. I was never really a, a monkey guy. Well, you were too young. I was, uh, yeah, I was too young, and I never really so, got into them. Because to be honest with you, when I was, when I was like eight, I was listening to Ozzy Osbourne in heavy metal, and I'm not kidding you. ACDC, uh, Black Sabbath. I, I used to call into the loop, and this guy used to just get sick. Of me. I mean, just finally play for those about the rock, and finally the guy was like, all right. I would call in like three or four times a day. He would never play it. And then I would finally, when he finally played it, he played it immediately after I hung up the phone, and I wasn't ready to tape it on my recorder off of the radio, and I totally missed it. I was so mad. And, <laughs> Well, no, I, I grew I grew up on the monkeys. I mean, we're we're the same age, but they used to re, or they used to play that every day on Channel Thirty Two. And I up, would watch every single day. And I would I I would turn it off on the monkeys. Whatever came out before the monkeys, I would turn off, and then I would go out and play baseball or do whatever. But for some reason, I just didn't watch the monkeys. There you go. That's too bad too. Thank you for good music. I missed out. Hey, hey, with the monkeys. All right, moving along. Uh, obituaries of the day right there for you. Unfortunately, today it is plural, and I do say unfortunately, even though an Andrew Breitbart is someone I eminently disagreed with and annoyed me. You hate, obviously, to see anybody uh, pass away at that early age. He had a wife and I, I think four kids. I stay away from so many of those of the windbag, like political. Yep. Like, those people are so, they're so one-sided, they really have mm-hmm. no idea what's going on. 
By the way, next week is uh, Super Tuesday, Big Dog. We will be doing a little sports guys talk politics talk here on the show. Super Tuesday, we may find out eventually uh, who the Republican candidate will be. And also, I don't know if you saw the program note that David Olson gave us, but apparently Monday, Monday, you and me will be endorsing certain judges. We will give our endorsements out there for some of the circuit county judge uh, judgeships. Did you get that memo? I did not get that, but yes, I will. Uh, you know, I, I have a lot of firsthand experience That's, with these people, especially was... if, if we're talking like northern Cook County. <laughs> yes. I'm like a target out there. Out in the western suburbs, in the city, nothing has ever happened to me. I go into the northern <laughs> suburbs, and it's, it's unbelievable. I, I, I don't think I'll ever take a job or live up there again. I'm just going to So say. who better would you want? You know, you got the, the Tribune and the Sun-Times. Your major newspapers will be giving endorsements on judges based on, you know, reputation, a little research, but we've got on the line here. My good co-host, the big dog, Joel Radwanski, you've been you've been there. You've done that. You've experienced it firsthand. I think your endorsement, quite frankly, a lot more meaningful than the newspapers. Um, well, I, I guess it depends on what you want out of your judge. If you want a judge that quickly moves all the, you know, every single trial really quick so he can get home really fast, that's, you know, that's not bad either. But, you know, that cuts costs. You have less people typing stuff up. Different priorities for different people. Let's move along. That's next week. Sports guys talk politics. News and notes, titillating tidbits, final one, and then we get to basketball. we got to mention Major League Baseball. Big Doug, I know you got thoughts on this. Bud Selig and uh, some of the administrative folks. uh, It's not official yet, but it appears what we thought was going to happen in 2013 will happen this year, and I'm talking about the playoff structure is going to be different. There's going to be two wild card teams and they will have a one-game playoff. So there's this a is, lot of lot of significance here. This is this is so bad. This is so horrible. the The idea that you're going to have possibly there, there could possibly be the chance that the second and third best team in baseball are playing a one-game uh, playoff in order to just get into the playoffs. To have six divisions in baseball is ruining the sport. Why doesn't C-League understand? <laughs> if you want eight teams in the playoffs, put four divisions and then have four wild card teams, okay? This is, it's truly wrecking the game, coach. I'm not kidding you. Well, this whole you're probably the, you're probably the same guy 20 years ago that said the three point shot was going to ruin the game too. Let me just no, play. No, I did not. No, no, whatever. Well, don't, don't, <laughs> don't tell me about the changes to the game. I, this is true about if, if you're going to try to set up playoff uh, uh, situations, you can't have one-game playoffs when you can have a team. I mean, first of all, it's going to happen this year, right? Oh, so the Cubs are in a six-team division, all right? So they uh, are, have a harder time winning a division than other teams, but then you're also going to have teams that could get in an extra wild-card team getting in with a one-game playoff. It's a joke, Coach. I had the same initial impression as you, but uh, no, no, then, no. you know, I started to switch a little bit. Let me play devil's advocate for just a moment. Any baseball fans out there, you want to chime in, 888-463-6748. If you disagree with the big dog, you get to go first. Um, what it does, and I know you're a proponent of this, it, it will emphasize winning a division over a 162 game schedule. You win your division, you're automatically in. You're a wild card, even though you had a good record. If you didn't win, 
you're going to be in a one-game playoff so you can still knock off. So in a sense, it's de-emphasizing the wild card, emphasizing your division champ, which we promoted on this show uh, early and often. Okay, so this year the Cubs are in a six-team division, and the uh, and the Rangers, who've gone to the American League, have uh, been the American League champion two years in a row, in a four-team division. Well, that's a different issue. There's the I agree with you. There should not be a six-team division in four teams. That that needs to be changed. The, there there needs to be four divisions and four wild card teams. I mean, this whole. Oh, this is asinine. How Wait a minute. Right Four now. divisions, and so you'd have an eight-team playoff. Yeah. And the wild card teams would basically have just as good a chance as winning as the division champs. No, well, the, the division champs, uh, they automatically get in. Two division champs automatically get in in each league. And then, the, like, you can have two wild card teams from the eastern part, or you can have two wild card teams from the west. You can have one from each part. And then... Whoever the, the 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 what do you call it the league champions are, they automatically get uh, home field advantage in any playoff that they would play against the wild card team. Are you suggesting no more American League and National League? Well, no, no. I was suggesting that the National League have two okay. divisions and the American League had two divisions, and then the, those are the only automatic ins. And I and in the NFL and in basketball, in the NFL and basketball, I am saying do away with uh, conferences and basically have four divisions in each one of those leagues. Mm-hmm. And, and, and football did it. Oh, my goodness. If football had a four division, the four division winners automatically win. So you're like, oh, we won an 18 division. We really earned something. We get a bye. And then the other five through 12 are who – and then I have the whole – I have it all worked out. So mm-hmm. that, that would be the greatest change in sports. That would be the best thing that ever happened yeah. to that league. I agree with Great you in one sense. First place in a four-team division, you know, is something to be proud of. But if it's an eight-team division, any sport, any professional sport, you finish first out of eight teams, now you're talking real pride of winning that conference or division championship. And that's what I'm talking about in the National League and the American League. If you can say, hey, we're the American League East champions, there's eight teams in here like Boston and the Orioles and Toronto and Tampa you know, and uh, Detroit, because they'd be, they'd be less teams. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Obviously, there'd be less divisions. The sums would get broke up. Okay, and thus comes the end of our uh, titillating tidbits and news and notes. we got to march on. We promised yesterday, and the promise is completed. It doesn't happen often, but uh, this promise will follow through. A little March Madness talk. Big Dog, the calendar now says March, college hoop front and center. We'll talk baseball. Big Dog will break down, you know, some of the draft choices and the uh, – April 15th draft coming up. It won't be all basketball during the month of March, but that will be our primary emphasis if you're a college hoops fan here. The two guys at a mic show, absolutely the place you want to be. Tournament play has already started, Big Dog. I don't know if you're into the Horizon Conference. Uh, in the American East, by the way, UMBC's taking on Birmingham today if you want to watch that. Bet. Or, I'm sorry, Birminghamton. Birminghamton? Oh, I'm sorry, Binghamton. I was going to say Binghamton. Binghamton. And Binghamton, I do believe Binghamton is, uh, they were the team that had, what, they, they lost 27 consecutive games and they finally won the other day and they stormed the court. Did you see that? <laughs> yeah, Binghamton's the big underdog coach. So <laughs> if that's going to be, I don't think that's going to be on television, is it? Uh, probably not. Yeah, I don't think so. Probably I don't not. Think but, but if Binghamton is able to pull off a couple of first-round little upsets, you know the championship games in all of those conferences will be front and center for you on uh, national television. 
that's one of those great days. If you you got to pay attention to this because especially like on Saturday, this coming Saturday coming up, there will be a bunch of conference championship yep. games, and I swear to you, all the ends of them come within a half hour of each other. If you just go to ESPN, you can switch from ESPN to ESPN two to to ESPN U and all the other uh, the Ocho. All of them, Coach, all right? And you'll be able to see every single end of all these conferences. Give games, me a so. quick pick. Patriot League, down to the Final Four. Patriot League, those are one of the conferences you'll be watching. Lafayette, Bucknell, American, or Lehigh? Big Dog's pick. Uh, Bucknell. Bucknell. They've had some success in the past. The Big South. The Big South, down to the Final Four. VMA, t- VMI taking on Winthrop. North Carolina, Asheville against Charleston Southern. I'm going... Carolina Asheville. They uh, two years ago they had a seven foot eight player from Syria, <laughs> and now that player went back to help his countrymen, and they're playing for him, Coach. It's inspirational. Wow, seven eight. I don't. Yeah, it was seven seven. Do you remember that guy? No. Oh, he would get dunked on so viciously. He was so I felt so bad for that dude. <laughs> he was just brought here because he was tall and he didn't even want to be there. Did and, he? You know, he's everybody's poster. Was he out of the uh, Syrian Developmental League? Yes, he was, Coach. <laughs> Getting out of Syria was like the only reason why he came here. He never liked basketball. How so. about the Atlantic Sun Conference, a North Florida, a South Carolina Upstate, a UFGC, or an ETSU? I don't know what ETSU is. I'm no, not sure what UFGC is, but I'm, I'm going for a physical this afternoon, and I, don't, I hope I don't get a UTFC. I thought South Carolina Upstate, that's a position, isn't it, Coach? <laughs> no, it's actually a cow. That's the Atlantic Sun. Oh, Belmont is in there, too. And uh, Lipscomb oh. got knocked off. Lipscomb got beaten by Mercer, so maybe Mercer's your favorite there. I, I like a Mercer. Uh, those are some good names right there. Lipscomb was always good. Sonny yep. Lipscomb, one of my favorite fighters of all time, just because his name was. He could throw a punch, Lipscomb. and he could throw a uh, throw a match also. The Ohio Valley, they'll be playing their championship over the weekend. Your favorite school, Moorhead State, taking on Jacksonville State, Tennessee Tech against Southeast Missouri State. Ohio Valley always produces a uh, entertaining championship game, Doug. Yeah, you don't, like you said, you don't, you don't even have to ask me who I think is going to win that one and who I want to win. Mm-hmm. This is good to chant that, Coach. Second best cheer in all of college basketball next to Austin Pay. Uh, let's go, Pete. That's got to be the best. Anyhow, so you got those uh, tournament games coming. Big Dog, we should mention, uh, locally, our Northwestern Wildcats had a huge uh, game against Ohio State last night. I was there in attendance, final home game for the Cat, bleeding the purple as Northwestern was dominated all game. I don't know if you watched it or not. Basically, the Cats were dominated all game long, 44-18 to on the boards. And somehow, oh, that was that bad. Oh my goodness! Oh, I mean, they were just getting crushed on the board. But somehow, you know, Ohio State would build up a 12-13 point lead. Northwestern would bring it down to eight. Back up to 12-13. Somehow, Northwestern hung in, and sure enough, as the fates would have it, got it down to six. Got it down to four. They hit a huge three-pointer with seven seconds left, and then they lose with three seconds left on a. Uh, Court-length pass to Jared Sollinger, who basically laid it up for an easy two points. Uh, you know, Coach, uh, that game was phenomenal. And, and I have to admit, that was, I watched the Blackhawks all the way up until 8-10 when the Bulls started. And then, you know, kind of went back and forth. So Northwestern, Ohio State was third on the list. Because every time I put the game on Ohio, you're right, Ohio State was up 
it's my double digits. I didn't know, and then next you know, Cloudy is screaming, put the game on. So we, I caught the last three minutes of the game, and there, there were a couple people over last night, Coach, and uh, so I'll let you know, uh, Cloudy, big-time Ohio State fan, was not liking the fact that people were chanting, Marco, Tulio, you know, all night long. And then he all of a sudden hit, and then he hit the three. We didn't expect him to hit the three. You thought Gus Johnson was screaming, Coach? Uh, I, I, oh yeah, I, tell I, me about now. I, I, yeah, oh, obviously, it was at the game. I didn't hear the call on Marco Tulio's three from distance. By the way, long distance that tied the game with seven seconds. The crowd going wild. Great crowd last night. How was it, Gus Johnson, on that call? Oh, I, I, he went crazy, Coach. He went crazy, but he didn't. He wasn't saying that. He was just like, "What a game! What a game!" He said it like four <laughs> times. He he was going crazy. Now when. When Marco Tulio got the ball, I was and he started going up. I honestly was thinking, well, this isn't what they wanted, but he's going up pretty confidently. You know, he didn't shoot it like, uh oh, well, I'll try to chuck a bailout up here. He was, well, I'm gonna shoot a confident three pointer. He drained that. That was beautiful. Coach. You know, my eyes are not the best, big dog. I honestly, it, it went through the net so smoothly. I, I at first, I thought he airballed. It. I did. I didn't see the net move. I thought it was an air ball, and then everybody's going nuts, and I realized, hey, that sucker went in. I mean, you could not shoot a ball more perfectly than that. Yes. 30 feet away, straight from the top of the key. And then Ohio State uh, answered (laughs) with exactly what they should have done. Think about it. There's seven seconds to go in a game, and they've got a lot of guys that can dribble the ball and, Mm -hmm. and create shots. But just like you said, Northwestern had been dominated on the boards, which also probably means you could probably get somebody that can get a layup in there if you really work at it. And You know, you don't panic with seven seconds left. You say, hey, get the ball to Sullinger. Just dribble a couple times and throw it to him. He can lay it in, and that's exactly what they did. Yeah. Now, if you're Northwestern, do you play behind Sullinger? And I I have to look at the replay. Somebody said it was Jershon Cobb. Guarding Sullinger, I don't. I wouldn't play behind him and let him post up at the low post like that. You got to deny him the ball. Yeah, they did. They yeah, you got to deny him the ball because at that point, you come. Yes, you'd be giving him perfect offensive rebounding uh, position or with seven seconds. Exactly, exactly. I agree with you. I agree with you. Who cares at that point? And if you are going to give him an easy layup, you're forcing a perfect threaded needle pass. You know, that's your, it's either option if you front him, Coach, yeah. right? Can't with play with seven him. seconds to go and the ball all the way at the other end of the court, you've got a front Jared Sullinger. Defensive mistake, no question about it. Tough loss for the Northwestern Cats, but uh, they go on the bubble with a lot of other teams. We will find out, not this weekend, but next weekend will be a selection Sunday. I don't know if you're going to have a party at your house, Big Dog, for selection Sunday, but uh, I might show up there and, Join hands with you as uh, some teams make it and some teams don't. But it'll, it'll be a fun next uh, eight or nine days to watch, no question about it. Uh, it should be good. And Slush and Suns are so much better when the Orange and Blue actually have a chance to actually make it. And I, I don't know if it's going to happen this year. Yeah, so. they got a game tonight at uh, Illinois taking on Michigan. They're in a little bit of a rebound mode coming off a of victory. So, you know, a win against Michigan, that can uh, get things healthy in a big way, mentally and physically, for a much yeah. beleaguered Illinois team. Yeah, absolutely, Coach. And then who knows? Who knows? Win a couple games in the tournament, then things are looking good again. So. Mm-hmm.
All right. College basketball right there for you. Big Dog and a coach will be doing it. And, of course, uh, coming up in a couple of weeks, Big Dog, we will be doing our pre-tournament special at the Playbook in Niles. You, a handheld microphone, and an audience. I will be behind you supporting you, but it's your show, my friend. Playbook in Niles, okay. Wednesday, March 14th. And just to let everybody know, because I, I believe this or not, Coach, people say it doesn't, but it truly does. There will, the, the camera brings people like a moth to the flame. And we will have our official station cameraman there. Is that confirmed? We will have uh, we will have him there, Idris. Yeah. And I got to tell you something. Uh, he is of African descent, but I got to tell you, he's, he can speak like 14 different languages, Coach. By the way, in honor of Harry Carey, Idris spelled backwards is Sirdai. Thank you very Not much. Bad, Coach. Thank you very much. That's, um, that's, that's really good. I did have an idea, by the way. I got to remember what it was for how we're going to have the audience pick teams because the bar is going to give away, I don't know, it's going to be 100 bucks, 200 bucks, 50 bucks. There will be a cash giveaway. Again, mm-hmm. Wednesday the 14th, you can check it out on the website, www.playbookchicago.com. Beautiful, beautiful sports bar, brand new in Niles, Illinois. But um, it's, it's, it's really a cool uh, what they're doing. Oh, if, I, you come out, if you come out on, the, uh, on that March 14th night, you can yes. fill out a regular bracket, just like you always fill out a bracket. Eh, boring. Being, well, yeah, but still. Whatever. Boring. But, but people come out and do that. You can win a hundred bucks without paying anything. Awfully good. So what? Yeah, why you got to hammer stuff? You always got to ah, hammer stuff. Because you know me, I don't like doing things the standard way. Well, we're still going to throw and, that in there. You and uh, I forget uh, Marcatulio, our, our connection over at the playbook. And by the way, if Alex Marcatulio, just as a side note, has a great senior year next year, I believe kids playing the famous swimming pool game in Chicago area will change from Marco Polo. To Marco Tulio. Tulio. Thank you very much. But you and you and Marco Tulio, I forget uh, the Dorian. I think was the gentleman's name. You know, you guys were all under well, the yeah, bracket I, thing. I, you know, fill out the. Everybody's done that. The big dog coach, and the coach, coach two guys and a mic. We're going to do things get different. People in. We're doing the other thing. Why Boring. can't you? Just the, by the way, you fill the fill out a bracket too. People know that. Boring. Okay. All right. All right. I'm sorry about being boring. <laughs> here, yes, you here. should be. What's more important? What's more important? Getting people in. If you just say you can't say fantasy draft, do you? Or like bracket draft, it'll confuse people. You got to put a bunch of stuff out there. All right, a bunch of different whatever stuff. It, whatever it takes to get people in there. God bless. But what we're going to do is we're going to have a draft, so people will have a draft selection for the teams. But what I would like to do is put some odds on different teams. In other words, if you pick North Carolina and they win it all, you'll get seventy-five dollars. But if you pick, let's just say, uh, Purdue coach, or coach, Michigan, coach, 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 you'll coach, win $200. So now your number one draft choice. You got... No, Coach, do you realize how difficult it was to explain to him just the bracket? <laughs> That's a good point. Okay. There's a, you know, that's what I'm saying. You have all, okay, you have to, we have to be able to do this. Okay, we actually are doing it, Coach, so we can't make it too complicated that's, for everybody. It's a good point. That's, that's the key thing. Yep. Folks, what we're doing is all we're going to do is you show up at the playbook, and you get there, you and you put your name in, this, in a hat. The first 64 people that get there get a team, and that's as simple as that. And by the way, if you don't get your team, don't worry about it. You can still fill out a bracket. Yeah. 
and it's a free bracket, you can still win money. All right, you're so right. Maybe to, maybe I went to too... talk about how boring it is. Well, it won't be boring. It's going to be a good time. Come out to the playbook on March 14th. Why don't you get there at about seven o'clock? Because that's when we're going to start having people put in names. <laughs> The hat, Very okay? good. March Madness, playbookchicago.com. Check it out on the website. Real quick, Big Dome, we got to mention huge regular season battle. The Bulls and the Spurs, two of the best of the best at San Antonio. The Spurs rested. The Bulls coming in, I think, at 3 o'clock in the morning. And, again, it was at San Antonio where they have barely lost it all this year, and the Bulls come out with a victory. I did not see the game. I know Rose was great. I know the bench mob was great. I know Taj Gibson and Joe Kim Noah were huge. But a huge win for the Bull. Fill me in here. Uh, yeah, that's, you pretty much uh, summed it all up. But with the biggest play in the game that every Bulls fan stood up and was, like, freaked out about was in the middle of the second quarter, there was a play where as the team was trans, everybody was transitioning down the court, there ended up being a loose ball. And the Bulls had lost it, and, and Derrick Rose was going for it. As he was going for it, everybody changed directions. You know what I'm saying? So Rose went from right to left, and, and uh, Derrick Parker went from left to right, and his knee slammed right into Derrick Rose, right in the side of his knee. Oh, boy. And you don't see what happened, but you just see the, like, looks like Derrick Rose gets entangled and tumbles totally awkwardly backwards with his knee bent. Okay. I gotta say something. You could have heard. First of all, you could have heard people screaming in my house in different rooms all over the house. Oh no! Okay, like okay, you would have thought something like you thought Kennedy got shot again. Okay, and uh, then then just total silence. And I'm like the first one being like, dude, I think he just banged knees. He's all right. And then all of a sudden, I'm the bad guy. (laughs) Are you serious? I'm getting screamed at from every other angle of the house. People in the room going, "Come on, dude, it's Derek Rose." All of a sudden, it gets shows. All that happened was Derek, Tony Parker's knee hit in the side. And it, I'm not saying that doesn't hurt, but it does, that hurts like crap, but it's not going to be structurally damaged to your knee. Right. You know what I mean? That's yes. totally different. And get rest. Derek put some ice on it. You don't feel right. Don't do anything on it, whatever. But it's not structural damage. So, but I, honestly, was he, that was, was he able that to was walk the, it off? Did he stay in the game or did he go to the bench? Uh, let's, just put it, let's just put it this way. The Bulls called the timeout. They pulled him off the court. They sat him on the bench, and he was like, yeah, I'm all right. And you could tell. He, like, smiled on the bench. He smirked. I think I might have been the only person while everybody was yelling at me who worst, saw him smile. Worst he thing you can right do back. here. I don't I don't want to take the place of Dr. Brian Cole, the outstanding uh, doctor of the Chicago Bulls, but the worst thing you can do with a ba- uh, with a banged knee is to sit. Yes. Well, they go, he goes right back into the game. First, first possession, he breaks down Tardy Parker, goes right to the bull to the hole and make some ridiculously mind-bending or body-bending flip of a toss off the All backboard right. All right, uh, two. for two of his 32. I think he got 32 last night. Whatever it was, it was like a, it was a quiet and extremely effective 32. Not good. a lot of turnovers from Derrick Rose, a lot of good decisions, no right. four shots. It was a really – he played an excellent ball game last night. I was going to ask you two questions. I think you just answered the first. Did, you know, did he move the ball? Did he work within the offense, or was it all Derrick Rose – creating it sounds like he worked within the offense and uh he did and you know who else i don't know what his stats say but a lot of times rip hamilton would end up being completely Mm -hmm. wide open where his man would leave and rip hamilton could not hit a shot early so he just he drove to the hole three different times and while he was wide open and everybody collapsed on him and he dropped the ball to noah 
Mm-hmm. But then we'll drop with the Boozer or something. So uh, Hamilton actually played a real good game for the Bulls last night. Even when the Bulls the move the ball like that, when they pass, it is a thing of beauty. I was glad to see the benchmark play good. Give me uh, 25 seconds real quick, dog. Uh, paint a picture of the end of the game. How did the Spurs respond? How did the Bulls pull it out last couple uh, minutes? You know, it, it, was, it was back and forth uh, pretty much the whole entire ball game. As a matter of fact, they changed leads in the like early 60s. Like the Bulls... Uh, I uh, had a one-point lead, and out of nowhere, Kyle Korver did it between your legs, backed up on a one-on-one type play, and drilled like a 26-foot three-point shot. Nice. We were just talking about how the, the <laughs> how we love when the Bulls move the ball, and I do too. How often do you see Korver do that? Maybe like once a month, maybe twice a season? <laughs> and that gave the Bulls a six-point, oh, a four-point lead, and then they got another three uh, right after that. It was pretty good. Beautiful. That pretty much settled it. Beautiful. 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 Big Bulls win. By the way, while you were uh, dissecting the end of the Bulls game up on the ESPN screen, they were asking the two hosts, of course, I can't hear the show, but I'm watching, and it said Tim Tebow spotted having dinner with Taylor Swift, and behind or underneath that was, is this the beginning of the end for Taylor or, uh, for Tim Tebow? It's, a good, it's not a bad combination when you think about it. Taylor Swift and Tim Tebow together. Could you imagine? That's, uh, I like oh that. My, oh, my goodness. I like that. <laughs> I, I think that's good. That's the, that's the so, sundae with the chocolate sauce and pardon the expression, but the cherry on top. I like that. Is, is Taylor Swift the Kanye West chick? Has she what? Is she the Kanye West girl? Yes. Okay. Kanye West girl. Never mind. Dave, answer the question. Okay. Everybody else in America gets the coach. All right. So who's the Jake Gillenall girl for a while? All right, Big Dog, we'll talk to you tomorrow for a non-football Friday, okay? Be good. Please uh, Two guys at a mic, TalkZone.com, signing off. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow at 10 o'clock. Have a great day.